Hey guys, this is Chaitan. And this is Abby. And this is Who Got Next, episode 49. Yesterday we went over quick basketball moves, any, uh, anything and everything about you know trade deadline and the buyout market. Uh, today we're going to discuss the NCAA tournament. We have our final four fan, uh, finalist with Gonzaga, Houston, um, the other two were UCLA and Baylor. So we're going to discuss the the matchups coming up there and then the games that were recently played. And then after that, we're going to discuss, you know, what we think is going to happen in the final four. And we crown a champion soon. Uh, that's it for the NBA NCAA tournament. After that, we're going to talk about the trade that happened that impacts the NFL draft and what we think is going to happen next. And then do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, officially, we got 17 weeks now. 17 games to be played. 17 games to be played. Uh, we'll give our thoughts on that, What, how they should play out the season, and hopefully we get some news on what the season schedule is going to look like with OTAs and preseason, bye weeks, playoffs. So we'll give that a discussion. But let's start with... I think the last time we left off, we were we hadn't discussed what happened in the tournament yet. So we had we had a couple games. We had Oregon State versus Loyola. We didn't get to talk about Baylor uh, Villanova. Let's just go over what just happened. We had uh, yesterday. Let's go over the lead eight. The lead eight was. Uh, Houston versus Oregon State. Then we had Baylor versus Arkansas. Then we had Michigan versus UCLA. And then we had Gonzaga versus UC- USC. So from these games, I was Oregon State, their Cinderella ends. They, they played their hearts out. They made it a six point. I think they made a three point game at one point. They were down over. 15 plus points, 17 plus points. They're on 17 and a half, I think. So they were able to come back. And obviously the Cinderella run ends, but it shows you that if you get hot at the right time, it doesn't matter what preceded that. You can still win games in the tournament. And they they were predicted to finish last in the Pac-12. And clearly they were able to shut up a lot of doubters. Houston, uh, obviously, they win. They are on borrowed time, in my opinion, because Rutgers are alum. They should have won the game. They didn't. But for those out there that don't realize this, Houston, listen, Houston, Final Four, all the credit to them. Samson, great coach. But they have yet to play a single digit, like elite top four seed team in this March, uh, in this tournament so far. So they are about to finally get a real, 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 no disrespect to anybody, a real test. Uh, then we go to Gonzaga versus Creighton. I mean, USC. I have no comment on that. Simple as, like, anyone that thought USC had a chance, like, I I had – the spread was the closest it had ever been. It was – I think it was eight-point spread, and people thought USC had a chance. No, I'm sorry. They, they never had a chance. Gonzaga is just different. They built different. And I'm not just saying this after the fact. Obviously, I have Gonzaga to win it all. I'm not like, oh, great, you're making a great prediction. They're the number one overall team. 
Well, no one's done it since 1978, since Indiana, or 1977, whichever uh, year that that uh, Indiana won. So, Gonzaga got the they got the NBA players, they got they got the role players, they got the coaching, and they're due. Mark Few is the greatest coach in the in college right now that has now won a ring, and hopefully now it's his time. Then we go to. Um, the other matchups were Arkansas versus Baylor. Baylor is a second team. Baylor, they got too much. They just have too much. They have Davion Mitchell, who reminds me of Donovan Mitchell. He is the best defender in college basketball that I've seen this season. The man can slash. The man can get to the hoop whenever he wants, and he can shoot. Teague is a great shooter. Butler is a great shooter. They have shooters everywhere. The mat, the mullet, all these white dudes with the mullet, all these white dudes with the facial hair. Uh, uh, Gonzaga got a white dude with his uh tinny, and then mm-hmm. they got I, I, I'm forgetting his name, I think it's something M who can flat out shoot the ball. So, all these, all these uh, team, these two teams have significant players with suspect choices in facial hair slash hairstyles, but it works for them. And how Chaitan refers to tinny as Jackie Moon. So Listen, if it were, if you if you can ball, you can do whatever the hell you want, and they can clearly ball. So, USC, Mobley, top three, top four pick possibly. They never had a chance. They were blown. The first half was actually better than the second half because in the second half the score got even more out of hand. And then we went, and then the final game was, final game was uh, oh US UCLA versus Michigan. Listen, I have no idea what to say about that game. That game was awful to watch. And one team had one player that was hot. And I want to say his name right, Juzang. And Michigan, everyone played awful. Everyone played awful. That was the first game that Michigan realized they didn't have livers, and it made a huge difference. They needed Isaiah livers badly for his shooting, his playmaking, his driving, his everything. And they didn't have him. Wagner, I have no idea. Listen, I was never a fan of. His older brother, he's made it to the league. He's okay. He is now a Boston Celtic, if I'm not confused. I think he is on the Celtics now. And his brother, he missed. Uh, they're all they're just college students, so I don't want you don't want to like uh, come on them too hard. But he missed. He airballed with ten seconds to go. They missed ample opportunities, and they just they just didn't play well. And UCLA, their Cinderella run continues. Final four, from the first four to the final four. That sounds amazing, and there it is. We have a final four. Your thoughts, Chaitan? I honestly, my first thought was those number one seeds handled their business. Like besides, uh, besides the two, besides Michigan. Off. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I, I think you had Michigan losing last week. Last I week. had Michigan losing to LSU. Much before. Much before, right? So uh, we we both knew that Michigan was going to be vulnerable. I had Baylor and Gonzaga in the Final Four. I had, but I had Baylor losing to Oklahoma State, and I was so wrong about that. Obviously, whoever picked them, they were really wrong about that. But, yeah, I have two teams in the Final Four, correct? I would love to meet any human being that had UCLA in the Final Four. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had Baylor facing off against – Gonzaga, because I think Baylor has the best chance to knock off Gonzaga of any team. 
because yeah, I agree. I agree. Honestly, um, let's just start with Baylor. Davion Mitchell is a dog. You gotta but, score eighty. You gotta get to eighty. As simple as that. If you can't get to eighty, you ain't beating them. I think that's not even the case. Here's like, well, yeah, that is the that's one case, but I think both the the difference is Baylor and Gonzaga can both get to eighty. Anyone that anyone else, we we don't really see that type of offense other than you know Alabama, who are not in the Final Four. So, but just the way that the the one and two seeds or Prior to the tournament, Gonzaga was one, Baylor was two. The way they they've handled their business. And, and uh, just a side note, I think Baylor would have stayed undefeated if that COVID shit didn't happen. In my opinion, yeah, that too. Like, I think, yeah, we, we shouldn't take away anything from either one of these teams. Gonzaga, who is undefeated, Baylor was it one loss or two losses? I think they they lost two. They lost to Oklahoma State. Uh, the third time they played, and they lost to – no, no, no. They, 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 they lost to Oklahoma State the second time. I think it was the second time they played, or third time. I don't remember. I think it was second time. And they lost to uh, Kansas. But they beat those teams pr- prior, so. Yeah, I think uh, – let's – See, Oklahoma State beating Baylor is why I felt like Oklahoma State could, could reach the final four and obviously was clearly wrong about that. I mean, yeah, okay, so I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Oklahoma State, not a bad team to lose to anyway. They have – They had zero bad losses, yeah. Losing to Kansas in Kansas and losing to Oklahoma State, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because I'm looking at the – Oklahoma State, come on. They have potentially the number one pick. That's nothing to be, like, ashamed about. But, like, just the way the team play – and that that game, too, is, like, first team to 80 wins. Oklahoma State got there. Baylor didn't. But I'm just impressed the way that they handle their business. They they look like professional athletes out there. Who? Baylor? Baylor and Gonzaga is like, you know, they come in and a, a lot of people had picked USC for some reason. So, you know, and the game wasn't and even close. I, I understood why, like, USC looked great. They won their three games convincingly. It made sense, but listen, Gonzaga is a different class. Dude, they the first, I think the first five minutes of the half, um, USC had four points. Like every time I looked up, USC turned it over. I thought just the we talk about how great Baylor's offense is, how great Gonzaga's offense is. We gotta talk about their defense. Like they make the right switches, they get the right hand in the passing lane, they get steals, and they turn those steals into points. They turn those turnovers into points, and that's one was super impressive. And two is like they don't take their foot off the throttle once they have it. Right? We we've seen teams blow ten point leads. We had our own uh, alma mater just. You know, just took the foot off the gas and lose to Houston. But Gonzaga never took the, I think Gonzaga was up 20 points for the longest time. And and they had from the start to end. The game they had was never lead. in doubt. That's the best way to put it. The game was never in doubt. 
Yeah. So I think that's the most impressive part about what we saw from Baylor and Gonzaga. In terms of the other two teams, you know, UCLA having a great run. And they beat a vulnerable Michigan team. Nothing against Michigan. Maybe Alabama. They 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 basically you can say they got uh you don't want to say they were lucky, but yeah, when they've played, the other team has played their worst game. Alabama played their worst game. That miracle three pointer before the first of all, that game you never know if he made those free throws, then obviously they're up one six seconds. You never know. You still could have had a game winner, but Alabama could have won in regulation. But yeah, Alabama was awful. I think they made what six threes, if that that game they were awful from three. Um, UCLA. That's the best part about the tournament, though. Is like you take advantage of a team. But I don't think it's about to happen again. I don't. I don't think that there's a reason why Gonzaga is a 13 and a half point favorite, which is insane. You go from the elite eight being an eight and a half point favorite, you go to the final four and you're five point greater favorites. That tells you something. This would be shocking. This will be shocking, more shocking than a one versus 16 if Gonzaga loses to UCLA. The only team that I can see beating Gonzaga is the other team in the Final Four, which is Baylor. Not Houston, not UCLA, Baylor, and that's it. So. Yeah, I just want to keep watching them, just see what happens next because it's. They got the NBA play. They got two lottery picks. They got Suggs. Who is made more for the NBA than for college? You can clearly see that he will and be. He, he could be the first pick. He could be the first pick. So and uh, Tister, uh, uh, if I'm saying his name right, Kisper. My bad, not Tister. Tinny. Yeah, I was comp- I was like combining the two names. Kisper. That man looks like he NBA ready shooter. He can definitely be like a Joe Harris type of player. He can drive. He plays defense. He can pass the ball. He played in the league. He played in college for four years. He's a senior. So, listen, he he is going in the top 14, in my opinion. So, you have two lottery picks. They, they are setting themselves up perfectly for this run. Yeah, and Baylor I, also has three players that may make it to the league. But none of those three, in my opinion, are lottery picks. Yeah. I think if anyone comes close to being in the top. I love Davion Mitchell. I truly think he can be. He isn't the tallest, but he can be really good in the NBA. I was thinking, who who does he remind me of? If he was just a little taller, you could say he reminds you of Donovan Mitchell. He's just not tall enough, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, Donovan. He Mitchell. can be Dennis Schroeder, a better Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion, because his defense is just like Dennis Schroeder's. Dennis Schroeder ain't that tall. But his scoring can reach heights that Shooter hasn't reached, in my opinion. I think he's more of an offensive-minded Patrick Beverly. Because that would work too. Davion Mitchell's the best defender in what Pac-12? Are they? No, not Pac-12. A Big Twelve. Big Ten. Big Twelve. Big 10. Yeah. yeah, he's the best offense. He's the best defender in that league, uh, conference. He can easily be a better offensive Patrick Beverly. Well, Final Four is set for Saturday. All these teams get a rest. Let them enjoy their the, the fruits of their labor. 
and we have UCLA versus we'll get into it probably Thursday, tomorrow, or maybe Friday, who we think is going to win and go to the finals, which will be held on Monday. I'm pretty sure. So Monday, yeah, Monday will tell us, tell you guys who we think will obviously win it all. And I just hope it is Baylor versus Gonzaga because there's nothing better than seeing the best versus the best. But from – go ahead. Look at the line. For Baylor-Houston, it's it's a Baylor minus five. I'm like – I feel like that should be a little big. I think it should be like seven or eight. Yeah. But they're giving Houston respect. I Houston's a great story. I just don't think they can play with them. I just don't think so. They can prove me wrong. I don't think they can play with them offensively. They play great defense, but Baylor can do both. Gonzaga can do both. You got to be able to do both just to compete. So we're going to see. From the tournament, we go to the NFL. Even in April, well, soon to be April, end of March, NFL is still king because they make news all the time. And the breaking news came over the weekend. Uh, Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers traded from the 12th pick all the way up to three, basically giving away their future, immediate future. And the Miami Dolphins went from three to 12. And then they pulled off another trade and went from 12 to six Yep. with the Eagles. So there's a lot of ramifications here, clearly. Let's go one by one, three teams that impacts, obviously. San Francisco goes to three. As simple as that. As simple as we are going to get a quarterback. Simple as that. They're not take- What I don't understand is why did they go to three? Because I don't know what the Jets may have said, but do you know what the Jets are going to do? Do you have inside information? Because – this the only thing that this could mean is they like someone that nobody's talking about. Well, at that that level, or that they love three guys. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going one. Yeah, breaking news: Trevor Lawrence is going number one. But they clearly think that whoever the Jets take, the guy we the guy that will be there for us will still be someone that we love. Shaytan, what do you think? That's what I took away from it. Yeah, no, my first takeaway was. It's kind of funny because everyone's just like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going anywhere. And then I saw the trend. I'm like, yeah, I told you. He's not going to be starting quarterback. No, I, I see. I disagree with you there. I think this is going to be Alex Smith and Mahomes all over again. Really? I think Jimmy G stays this year, maybe builds up his value, and then they they get, get rid of him. I mean, he could always end up being Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. but Or that. Yeah, I think he does start, though. Okay. Because let's be honest. Let's see. Whoever they take, um, the most ready guy is Mac Jones from the guys that will be uh, Justin Fields. I don't don't think will be ready. Trey Lance is the biggest enigma in the draft. We have no idea okay. what he can be or could be. So, whoever they take, I'm pretty sure Jimmy G next season. Plus, these guys are trying to win now. They're trying to win now because they have the, all the talent to. They were in the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Yep. So. Yeah, taking a look at it, let's let's look at it this way. I mean, they could always have a little inside information, you know. Robert Sala is the uh, head coach. You never know. I completely forgot about that until we thought about it, until we thought about it. But 
if we think, if I we really look, think someone at two or three is gonna take somebody that nobody thinking that they're gonna be picked. It has to be. This is Mitchell Trubisky all over again, in my opinion. Or Daniel Jones. Yeah, like like there's always a shocker in the draft, and this clearly could be it. For you to have the utmost confidence that we don't even need to go up to two, we're going to mortgage our immediate future, and we are sure that at three we're gonna be able to get our guy even though we have no idea what's going to happen at two. And you know what the worst part is? is It's not like a front office that we can doubt. This is a front office who's, you know, they just drafted what? Javon Kinlaw, right? Last year. Who who played decent as a rookie. Who played decent as a rookie. And Nick Bosa. They they, they know how to. They got George. I think they drafted George Kittle. I think they did. I'm not sure. I think he was already there. I think he was already there. At yeah, point. but look, they they took their fifth string running back and made him a household name. They got they traded for Trent Williams. Trent Williams has got the highest left tackle money ever, so clearly they know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, their defense. Jason Verrett looks like he's rejuvenated a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so wait, Jimmy you G did you take your goal. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, you can't even doubt them. So like, even if they. Say they pick Mac Jones at three. We it's not like we're gonna sit there like, oh, that's an awful move. We're gonna figure. We're gonna put our trust in that front office that they did the right thing until we have. But a the only thing is, if they, if they take Mac Jones third, I'm like, you didn't. I don't think you need to trade up that high. Yeah, I agree. But I'm saying like, in the you case with the five or six, probably seven. As long as before Carolina. Yeah, I and I'm say. pretty sure they won't take him either. But. I think what I think is going to happen is that because of the Deshaun Watson news, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take to get resolved. I don't think he gets traded this as I don't think he gets traded this season off season. I think he may not get, he may get traded. He just won't get traded before the draft, which also puts a damper on everything. Cause now, you know, now you're picking the team's already picked the players. If someone doesn't end up exactly where the trade package is best, et cetera, et cetera. The but, team that now hopes, in my opinion, that Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded is the Philadelphia Eagles. Because this year, you yeah. give Jalen Hurts the trial run, see if he balls or not, and next year, if simply the Colts make the playoffs, they will have three first-round picks in one draft. Yep. I think that is more than enough. Yo, listen, we're giving you three firsts in one draft. And Houston, you have your own first-round pick next year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I think that's more than enough for you guys to get back to relevancy. So I think Eagles, they realize that, you know what? Jalen Hurts, he's not bad. I love him personally. He ain't bad. Let's 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 trade down. Let's get a couple picks. Let's give him his trial run. We probably won't be that good anyways. We could be, we could not be. We never know. And next year, listen, we got all the ammo. Yeah, even if he shows that he's a capable NFL quarterback. I would build around him. I truly would. He's making no money. He's making no money. You have three years more to build something seriously and next year you may have three first round picks but what i'm saying is say deshaun watson's available next season in the off season 
you sh- you're telling me that Jalen Hurts has a decent NFL season, you know, not the best, but he's capable, shows the potential. You package him three first round picks. Even I'll take that. I'll take him. Jalen Hurts and three first. J- yeah, Jalen Hurts two first and a second. No, 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 no. I want all three. I-, I want all three. If I'm Houston, I want all three. Give me all three. Give me all three. You don't need them. I'm giving Jalen Hurts. I think it would be pretty entertaining for them, but I personally think what I think is going to happen is the Jets end up taking an offensive lineman. Yo, man. <laughs> and Zach Wilson falls to three, and we're just sitting there like, what the fuck? That could be the inside information that the Jets are sticking with Sam. They will not trade number two. But who the hell are you taking at two? You taking Sewell? Yeah. If you're taking Kyle Pitts, that'd be kind of entertaining, not going to lie to you. Listen, one of these teams is going to, you know, mess it up for everyone else. So, yeah. you can't... all I know is this, in my opinion, is people people think that, well, that this is said all the time, but this is going to be the craziest, uh, most unpredictable draft yet. I mean, we've had a pretty crazy offseason so far. No, but the draft is different because that's live chaos. But I'm saying, like, so far, like, we've already seen teams just, like, the Patriots just build themselves up. The Jets, pretty pretty decent build up. Now, when you get to the draft, one, you get to see some crazy shit, but two, you get to see the GMs that know what they're doing. And just leading up to the season, we get so much speculation. Be like, oh, yeah, the Jets had such a great offseason. You just hope that they could put it on paper. Or the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they're just a QB away. They get Trevor Lawrence. We'll never, we'll see what happens. It's going to, that's what I love about the, the free agency before the draft. It's like you, you already see what the team can build up to. Now, can they use the draft to, push it even further. Well, the only team that we haven't talked about yet is the Miami Dolphins. So people say now they are not going to be taking quarterback. They got six. And you assume it's going to be a weapon, a receiver. I assume it could Kyle be Pitt. Devontae Smith. It could be Jalen Waddle. It could be Kyle. I don't think Kyle Pitts will be there at six. I'll be honest. Really? I don't think he'll be there at six. What's up? But you're the one that says you don't draft a tight end that high. Listen, I say that. But I, that's what I say. And plus, this man is no tight end. And man, there's an exception out nature. there, Tim. Man's a freak of nature. He ran a 4-4. His pro day was today. He ran a 4-4-4. At 200-whatever pounds he's at, at a tight end weight. Think about that. Jamar mm. Chase, who weighs 20 pounds less than him, ran a 4-3-8. Okay? And he's a receiver. So... This man is not a tight end. He's not a receiver. He is a weapon. So I would not blame anyone. If it's a team that needs him badly, it's the Jets. Because they have Sims. They signed Corey Davis. They don't have a running back. God bless Frank Gore. But they truly don't. And, yeah, if I'm the Jets, I get Najee Harris with my second first-round pick. And I draft Kyle Pitts. And boom. Here we go. Sam Darnold, this is your trial run. And next year, we have two more first-round picks. What's or wrong? I trade down a couple spots. Maybe I trade down from two to 
Um, because it looks like, um, what's it called? The Cincinnati Bengals may be going after uh, Jamar Chase. Obviously, LSU, LSU connection, Joe Burrow, Jamar mm-hmm. Chase, that makes sense. So Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle may be going to six. Miami will be getting a receiver, a weapon. One of those three, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. Because three quarterbacks will be gone before them. Or Jalen Waddle. So you're going to get a blue chip player at six. So Miami gets themselves another first for next year, and they still get a blue chip player. Miami rolling. And they still have another first this season. So all they need is Tua to ball. Tua, come on, Tua. We believe in you. Yep. Come What's on. What's crazy is uh, Kyle Pitts is built like Megatron, runs like Julio, blocks like Gronk. I Mac, 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 Mac. He's not built like Megatron. He's not abbed up like him. He's not. Aren't they both? He built like, he built like. um, He's like 6'5", isn't he? Yeah, I'm going to talk about built. I meant like, like, you know, this man looks like Superman. Like DK Metcalf and Calvin Johnson in terms of like specimens look like different types of human beings. But yeah, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is, he's Travis Kelsey, a faster version of Travis Kelsey from what I've seen. And that's. And no disrespect, Travis Kelsey, maybe the greatest receiving tight end ever. So to think to get praise like that shows you. Listen, when he didn't play for Florida, they were garbage. Yeah. Simply put. I mean, they, and they got another receiver, Kadarius Tony, who ran a four three eight. I think man is a Tyree Kill. You never want to compare one man to another, but he is a freak in my opinion. Whoever gets him, maybe the later in the first round, will be. Blessed, but Miami, I think, is they just keep they're gonna keep loading it up. Two years ago, they were the laughing stock of the league. Two years later, boom, we I'm are just back in trees. Miami, like an enigma until you know they had decent weapons. You know, oh, they need a back and they need another receiving option. They got Devontae Parker, they got Will Fuller. So they got those two. Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, Jakeem Grant is a mm-hmm. solid third, or Jaseki is a solid tight end. They get one more freak up in there and they get a running back. All that's left then is a lot, the O line. Yeah, no. They're fully I, fixed. It'd be kind of and fun. Watching, it'd be kind of fun watching Jamar Chase on one side and Devontae Parker on the other. I think they'll probably take, uh, they'll probably take some of them. They'll probably take Devontae Smith. I think they'll take the Alabama connect. With, I, mean, uh, yeah, probably, I think Jamar yeah. Chase will be gone by six. Because they pick five. Cincinnati picks five. Yeah. They're going to take either Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. Yeah. If they were smart, I would take Penny Sewell. I'm protecting this quarterback investment of mine. And then, But it also depends on what – I think Atlanta's at four, right? God knows what they're doing. I legit have zero idea what they're doing. I have I no mean, idea. They could go from quarterback – to receiver, to lineman, to defense, to I don't even know. Trade down. They I can mean, do, do anything. They, do they even need a wide receiver at this point? They got two Alabama boys. First of all, them. weapons is not an issue that they got they got Julio and they got Ridley. Exactly. So that's they can not easily an issue. find another and Russell Gage is no slouch. He can play. Yep. And that's why I keep thinking it's like the person they, they need a quarter they need to think about the future because Matt Ryan I love Matt Ryan, but he's getting – he's, what, 35? Yeah, he's hes up there. He's getting up there. I think he was picked 2009, 2009, 2008. Yeah. It's been, it's been 13 years, 12, 13 years. Yeah, he's getting up there. 
35, 36, 37 around there? Because I think the the player I would want to see with them is Justin Fields, Georgia boy. Have him sit behind Matt Ryan. I think I don't think Justin Field is NFL ready. If I'm Atlanta, I trade down and I pick up Najee. That's the last thing they don't have. Todd Gurley, he's a free agent. God bless him, bro. He hasn't been the same since that whatever that injury he had, his knee, whatever, tendonitis, whatever you want to call it. Huh? I thought he has arthritis. Whatever he has, like, yeah. He is clearly no longer, you hate to say it, the Todd Gurley that we saw uh, that was almost the MVP with the Rams. So they need – I would trade they, – they have we have receivers. We have Jaden Hurst. We have Russell Gage. We have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan can still throw the ball. He still yeah. can do it. I would trade down. I would trade down, and I would get Najee Harris. Najee Harris can solve a lot of teams' problems. Miami, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, the Jets. I could keep Washington. going. Nah, they Antonio Gibson. That's he. he that's solid. That's solid. But yeah, a lot of teams that mm. need him. Yeah, I mean, me, we are the Najee Harris fan club here. I I don't know how you can say anything negative about him. I don't even know. He's the best back. Travis Etienne. No even talking about him no more. That man is a freak also. He may drop to the second round. Chuba Herbert, I have not heard one word of from Oklahoma State. And he is a – he's going to be oh, an amazing dude. pickup. He's going to be an amazing pickup for someone. There's <laughs> so much quality in this draft class for skilled players. If you don't pick them up, first round, second round, third round, fourth round, they probably will drop to the fifth round. Is Trey Sermons coming out? Yeah, he's from uh, Ohio That's State. Good. I think he's coming out too. Yeah. He's pretty good. Got a lot of names. Okay. But from that trade, we go to the news that every fan of football, clearly, I can't see you having a negative opinion on this. Players, different opinion. But for we're fans, obviously. We don't play in the league. But a 17th game has been officially added last year we got a seventh playoff team now we have a 17th game so now the super bowl will be february 13th so one week everything is one week pushback so in my opinion i don't give a shit as a fan listen player safety health benefits all that stuff i understand it i feel for the players but let's be honest they 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 knew the collective they that Deal that they signed, the CBA, their uh, player representation association signed that deal. So they should have known this is coming. So as a fan, this is amazing. More football, another week, another opportunity. Um, some of the games already that are being thrown out there, we get to see uh, pa- uh, Packers versus Chiefs. Usually we would have to wait another two years for that. But we get it this year. So that's just one of the games. There's so many games that will be added cross conference. And I think it's, that's a man, money talks, simple as that money talks. And that's why we're going to have another game, another week in the NFL season, no extra buy because that would only extend the, the game, the, the, the season further. I mean, my personal thoughts are, 
You don't need four preseason games. It, well, yeah, it bumps down to three. If they bumped it down to two, they could have given the extra bye week. Which I think is well-deserved for these players. That's one, because Pittsburgh played what? Two, three, six, 17 straight games. What the no, hell? they got that one week off because of the some team that got COVID. I think no, because they no, their bye week moved up. So oh, they played. Okay. I think they played three games, had the bye week, and then for the rest of the season they just played. I could be wrong, but they. Played. I think now is when you will see the introduction of. Load management in the NFL. I can see every player at least taking one game off now. Maybe not the quarterback, because obviously they're the most protected. But in terms of receivers, running back especially, linemen, um, listen, the defensive players, I can definitely see load management coming to play now. If you have any Knicks, or Nax on your body. They could be like, yo, you know what? This is your week. Take it off. Yeah, no, I think there should be. Especially running backs. For a player like Derrick Henry, oh, man. This does not help his his longevity in the league, even though he got paid last offseason. But if they're going to do that, I think they should bump up the active man. Game day roster from, I think it's forty six. I think they should yeah. bump it up to forty eight or fifty. Yeah. Because then, yeah, you can give your players off. I see as, what you're well as, as well as you know, you get to see what you have. So that that can always be an option. I think the most entertaining thing is going to be now. I loved it when when the Giants had a. Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, and Derek Ware. I want to see more of those, you know, three-headed monsters at running back. I think the team that could that that would easily benefit from this is San Francisco because they love playing every single one of their running backs. Yep. So like I think this is one of those things where, you know, when we have when we play fantasy, everyone loves drafting their running backs. I feel like this is the case where you know, you get, you have one good running back. Great, you have two. That's even better. You three, four. I think that I think that's this, how roster is going to be built. If this makes the undefeated season even harder, so yep. the nineteen whatever seventy whatever Dolphins, they can rest in ease now. Possibly, Eric Dickerson on the other hand, with his rushing record, may not feel so easy because now another game added, equaling more opportunity. For a player like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, never know who, Nick Chubb, Asterisk. some of these records may be maybe looked upon differently. Five thousand yards passing may not be looked upon the same. Fifty touchdowns may not be looked upon the same anymore. So this change, yeah, since nineteen seventy eight, the schedule was the same. Obviously, we were not around then, but that's going on over forty plus years. So, it is going to be something new for sure. You cannot be 500 anymore unless you get a tie. So, that is going to be interesting. But now, listen, everyone that's a football fan wants one thing 
it has more football. Simple as that. All right. And now so, we get another game. So the passing record for single season is 5,477 yards. Do you think someone breaks 6,000 this year? Oh, okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm, calm down. 6,000. I don't think one game pushes it that much higher, but I could definitely see that record easily going down now because one more game means an, another at least minimum 250 to potentially 400 more yards. So who led the league in passing last season? Was it Aaron Rodgers? No. Was it, was it Deshaun Watson? I no. think it was Deshaun Watson with 4,800. I think it was Deshaun Watson. So if he just played one more game, hypothetically, and he got up to 5,100, think about that. One more game does that. So if someone is having a historic season, like Mahomes, Josh Allen maybe, um, Aaron Rodgers obviously, Tom Brady maybe even, you can't. it's easy in my opinion to now break that record. So in to break 6,000 yards – in a season, you had to average 353 passing yards a game. Yeah, I'm not even pushing the 6,000. Forget the 6,000. Just break the record that it is right now. Yeah, if you want to break the record now, so let's go with 5,500. Three hundred twenty-four yards a game. I could definitely see a player doing that. It can be entertaining as hell. We got Matthew Stafford. He got Deshaun Jackson. He got Cooper Cup. He got Robert Woods. Matthew Stafford loves to sling, uh, sling the ball around. Josh Allen is only getting better, obviously. We still got Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going to happen with him, his legal situation, but he is still Deshaun Watson. Still have Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett just got signed today, four years, $68 million. He got the bag. Well-earned, well-deserved, $40 million guaranteed. Um, then you still have uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, Mahomes, obviously, Justin Herbert. There's plenty of players that now benefit. Dak Prescott, obviously, he he's had uh, great passing seasons as well, and he has all the weapons also. So this new addition can make a huge difference to some of these players' stats. Matt Ryan, also another name. But, yep, I think that wraps it up for this all right. Yeah, $69.2 million extension. All right. That wraps it up for this one. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.